Last time we talked about how, Pastor Vance, you just celebrated a 20-year milestone with your wife, Christy, mm. at Hope Church, planting in the city of Las Vegas. I just thought it would be so valuable to just hear you reflect on those 20 years, maybe extract some principles that just were a game changer for you, that God taught you, that you've seen be successful along the journey that Planters team members could gain from today. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Hey, well, welcome back to the We Are Sin Network podcast. We're back here in the studio and got Dahadi Lewis with us from Blueprint Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Of course, Noah Oldham from August Gate in the Lou, St. Louis. And we're back here again with Pastor Vince Pittman, kicking it right back off where we left off. And um, really quick before we jump in, I just met somebody because we're here in Nashville, Tennessee for the SBC annual meeting 2021. And I just met somebody who said their daughter listens and watches the podcast every week. She's 11 years old in New Mexico. Her name's Miranda. And we just want to give Miranda a shout out. And hey, if you're watching or even listening right now, feel free to hit that subscribe button, share this, drop a five star, come on, leave a review uh, because God is moving through the We Are Send Network podcast. Last time we talked about how Pastor Vance, you just celebrated a 20-year milestone with your wife, Christy, mm. at Hope Church, planting in the city of Las Vegas. I just thought it would be so valuable to just hear you reflect on those 20 years, maybe extract some principles that just were a game changer for you, that God taught you, that you've seen be successful along the journey that Planters team members could mm. gain from today. Yeah, man, happy to. Um, and just, you know, you asking the question that way, um, made me think for a lot of planters that maybe are watching or listening. I mean, church planting, you know, it's the highest high and the lowest low all in the same 24 hour period. Yep, right. I mean, it's right. like, it's constantly something, you know, that you're dealing with. And when to hear you say again, every time I hear somebody say, man, you've been there 20 years, mm. it just is kind of mind boggling because right. part of me feels wow. like I've been there five, five years. And the other part of me feels like it's been 50 years, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. because church planning just takes it too. You guys have done it, you know, um, yeah. it's just challenging. But we did just celebrate the the 20 year mark, our church. Um, now, do you still consider yourself a church planner? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I do. Yes. Because here's the thing, well, all, yeah. no, no joke. So I just told somebody this, I said, uh, when, when you, I, ha I have four children, uh, they range from 28 years old down to 16 years old. And I still see my kids, and you guys that have kids know, I still see my kids like they were when they were three, four, five years old. You know, I still see that. So like, no joke, every Sunday, I still ask our executive pastor, is anybody here? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still, like everybody sees it now as a mega church, but like to me, like I, it's still that little baby that, that birthed. And the next pastor will see it as an existing church, to me, it's still a church plant. Yeah, even with yeah. facilities and buildings, I'm still like, is anybody coming this week? You know, like, I don't even know if anybody's right. gonna show up. So, uh, but they did just honor us. I mean, really, our church went way over the top in, um, in celebrating my family. That's what I love, that they didn't just celebrate me. They, they celebrated the, the decision my family made together to relocate to the city. And it did give my wife and I and our, our family a lot of time to talk and reflect. and. 
out of the weekend that they, they honored us, they planned so many activities, but there was one activity that marked my wife and I forever. And really thinking back wow. over the 20 years that I'd love to say to the planters to think about is this statement, man, when my wife and I moved to Vegas, we didn't want to win the world and lose our family. And by that, I mean, we knew that God had called us. We knew that God was going to birth a church. Right. Now, I didn't know if I would like it. I was from Alabama. <laughs> I moved to the West Coast. Like, I'm thinking it's going to be a bunch of West Coast. Yeah, I wouldn't even, but I mean, now it's my people. Like, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's who I am. But God, we knew God was going to birth this church. Our fear was we get there and our kids, you know, because being raised in a different context, culture, that they would somehow, we'd lose them. Wow. And the event that marked us, uh, Pastor Scott Worthington on our team, um, and I talk a little bit more about this on uh, the podcast that, that I do, that, that's gonna be coming out uh, this summer, but um, Scott and I, uh, Scott asked me this question, and Scott, on Saturday night of that weekend, organized this dinner that was just at my house, and it was my wife and I and our kids, and my brother and his wife, my mom and dad, and after dinner, he had each of my four kids lined up and just said, I want you to talk to your mom and dad. Just tell them what this journey's meant to you. Great. And bro, I'm telling you. Mm. Wow. Hearing my four kids, and my kids are not perfect. They got issues like everybody does that they're working through. But hearing them articulate mm. their love for Jesus, yeah. their love for his church, their passion for the kingdom, Man. The honoring things they said to their mom and I that evening, I, I, there's, there's not a value I can put on that. Mm -hmm. Because I have four kids who three are married, one's about to graduate high school, and are they perfect? No. But on this journey, they got to experience authentic, real, New Testament Christianity. Great. And they have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. And allowing them into that and being transparent with them along the way, um, like they've got it. That didn't mean they won't have moments in their life where they maybe veer, whatever, make bad decisions. But once you've tasted that, like nothing else will satisfy that but Jesus. So what, were, what was one of the ways that you intentionally instilled that value when, you know, in the years of planting things? Yeah, a couple of things. We, um, in our home, we've always had a philosophy of extreme transparency, meaning nothing is out of bounds to talk about. I grew up in a generation where like, I've never had the sex talk with my parents. I've never had any of those kind, like my, the, my generation of kids growing up, parents didn't really have those conversations. And I knew my kids were being raised in an environment where, like where I grew up in Alabama, you had to drive somewhere mm -hmm. to get into the stuff you get into in Las Vegas. Now, and with, with technology, my boys are carrying stuff around in their pocket on their phone mm -hmm. that I had to go sneak into somebody's room to get a hold of. So we just knew that, man, our kids needed to be able to process stuff yeah. in an honest environment. So we just created an atmosphere in our home that said, nothing's out of bounds. Wow. Anything can be talked about anytime, anywhere, any place. Um, and we've allowed for those conversations to take place. And when they do take place as parents, you gotta realize and remember, even when something bad happens, like I remember the first time one of our sons, like 11, 12 years old, doing online school, 
his mom found out that he he drifted into some inappropriate stuff. Yeah, sure. And I remember my wife thinking, oh my gosh, like the sky has fallen, yeah. the world is coming to an end, yeah. my son is now tainted. But it, what you have to do in those moments as parents is remember, it's never as bad in that moment as you think it is. Yeah. Good. It's an opportunity for you to take the gospel yeah. and the truth of scripture and bring application like happens in Proverbs mm. and teach and train. Every moment in life is a teaching and training opportunity. So creating that atmosphere, uh, prioritizing time. Yeah. Um, like man, church planning can suck your soul. I mean, it can be 24 seven. Wow. And, and I just learned, man, I have to make decisions around the people that I know are gonna be at my funeral. Mm. Wow. And too many times mm. as church planners, we make That's decisions about people that we're not even sure gonna be at the church next That's week, much word. less at our funeral. That's a That's word. Good. And we have to make decisions around the people in our lives that we know are gonna be at our funeral. Wow. And that that's a small group for me. Yeah. Small group. Uh, like I love you guys. And y'all would say right now, we're gonna be at your funeral, but <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but in all likelihood, yeah. we we may or may not be. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. But there's some people living in Las Vegas wow. in my house that I know are gonna be yeah. there. Yeah. And I need to make decisions around that to prioritize the investment in them. And then the third thing I would say to that is we allowed them to be involved. Like our kids. We didn't put pressure on them to be something they didn't want to be, mm -hmm. but if they wanted to serve, we let them serve. And if they wanted to get involved, we let them get involved right. and just freed them up to be them full of Jesus. And I tried to never make my kids or my wife feel like, because I'm the pastor planter, you have to be this. Give them the freedom Good. to be who they are full of Jesus. And I'll say one more thing. I know we got to move past this one, but, going. but, but I remember my oldest son, when he was a senior in high school, reached a place where he didn't know if Christianity was for him. Mm. And um, I remember sitting out in the pool with him and I looked at him, I said, Caleb, listen, I want you to know something. I'm your dad and I love you. And if you never love Jesus, I love you anyway. Now I want you to love Jesus, but you don't have to love Jesus to be my son. You don't have to love Jesus to be in our family. That relationship is solid regardless. And it set him free to go figure out mm -hmm. on his own. He went off to college, played a year of college basketball, came back, and over that journey, right. man, Caleb came to know Jesus. And I'm telling you, that dude, you're talking about an evangelist and a disciple maker mm. and a kingdom shaker. He walks with that. But letting your kids be your kids mm -hmm. and create atmospheres where their parents' faith can become their personal faith is, is a really big part of that journey. Man. Super helpful. Yeah, I believe it. I believe that to be true. On that 20 year journey, I think that's one thing that you've modeled so well is that, that family component involved in the life of the church. Yeah, because you know my kids. Oh yeah, no doubt, yeah. And you can't fake kids. You can't fake kids. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. That is a, that is a word kids. right there. You cannot fake it. Nope. Okay, what are, what are some other principles that, yeah. you, that you would say you learned in that? Yeah. Um, this is gonna sound like over-spiritualized, but man, prayer really is the work. Mm -hmm. um, so good. As I think back on our journey, and a lot of the, you guys have heard me tell the story of the lady that prayed that, that we moved to Las Vegas, and mm -hmm. she told her story of having prayed for a year and a half for us to get there, and God really birthed this rally cry in our church that said, we don't pray before we work, prayer is the work, then God works. God works. 
Because typically what happens is we, we make a plan, we put a strategy together, and then we pray and ask God to bless our plan. Right. But when we start in prayer, God births His plan in our hearts. And now we're not starting something, we're simply the Henry Blackabees and we're joining in what God's already doing. Right. And that is born out of prayer. And here's what we've learned, man, over 20 years. When we seek God in prayer, we experience God in power. Mm-hmm. And when we don't, we don't. Wow. I mean, H.B. Charles says it's the two wings of the plane, you know, prayer and the word. Um, but what's happened in most church plants is we've relegated prayer to moments of transition when we move people onto and off of the stage. Mm-hmm. We don't pray to pray anymore. Yeah. We pray to change the set. We wow. pray to move the band off the stage. Mm-hmm. But we don't pray just to pray. So we started in 2015, God, God did a deep work in our church. We now carve out eight to 10 minutes every weekend in every service. And I lead the church in scripture-fed, spirit-led, worship-based based prayer. We just take a text of scripture for eight to 10 minutes and in every gathering, we pray. People say, you can't do that. Lost people are going to be there. What are you going to Listen, I've discovered that when lost people come to church, they expect us yeah. to talk to God. Yeah. Not only that, so they expect us to help them know how to talk yeah. to God. It's true. And as we've carved out that time, and listen, you can put this in your theological box, wherever you want to put it. We've seen people healed. We've seen miracles. We had two women that were stage four cancer, healed of cancer. Wow. I saw a woman who came and prayed at an 8.30 service for a lost family member in Minnesota uh, at 11.30. Unbeknownst to her, the family member from Minnesota showed up a surprise visit in Vegas, thought she'd be at church, came to church, got saved at 11.30 on the day she prayed for at 8.30. I'm talking about stuff that, and, and, and it's, it's caused us to begin to leave church on Sunday. And here's the metrics of success. It's not how many people came. It's not, did everything go off just right? It's not, was there a good offering? Our metric of success is when we can answer this question, what happened today that can only be explained Mm. with the statement, God showed up. God showed up. God showed up and did what only he could do. And that shouldn't be the exception. That should be the rule. That should be, we should live in the realm of the supernatural because we have a God that is supernatural. Um, And so prayer being the work is another one. You know, as I'm listening to you talk, all I can imagine is that you remember when they show those pictures of a president when they start their term and then that they have like two terms of president, <laughs> the, the other yeah. picture and how all they're All the gray aged. hair now. And, yeah. and church planning is a lot like that. Yeah. I think 20 years you gave the prime of your life mm. to this work in Vegas. And I know there's so much. I mean, Vegas uh, and some of the cities out west can be graveyards for church planners. Mm. They come, and you've probably seen so many come and not not last in that season. But God and His His grace has allowed you to. I would love to hear what's something that though you have gotten older over the years, you may not have the same energy you had 20 years ago. That you know the Bible tells us that outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day. This is all very encouraging. What, I appreciate it. What is older? You're what, oh older. man. <laughs> Hey, I'm feeling it I know. myself. What, I, I, mm. For guys that are listening, and they're maybe at the beginning of their journey, like what's something for them to look forward to? What is something God has done in you that you mm. know that you're stronger in, richer in, more prepared in, rock solid mm. in, that maybe you weren't 20 years ago? Even though you're getting old. That's right, I'm getting old. I got that piece of it. <laughs> and I got the gray hair to prove it. No, it's funny, because I used to come to all these events, and I was hiding. I was the young church planner in the room. You know, That's mm. who I was. And now I go to all these events, and I'm like, dang. I'm old, but here's what's funny. Now, in the SBC world, I'm a grandfather, but I'm considered the younger generation. So that tells you something about (laughs) our tribe, right? Uh, You gotta be a grandfather to be in the younger generation. (laughs) No, uh, great question, Noah. And I think 
the thing I would say first is, man, for a church planters that are listening to this, you need to understand church planting may be what you do, but it is not who you are. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, who you are is who you are in Christ. Uh, and if that, that was what God began in me when I moved to Las Vegas 20 years ago, but I mean, you're talking about something that has deepened over time. Is this, I, and I think it's true for every follower of Jesus, church planner or not, identity in Christ is everything. Everything. Um, the businessman who has his identity wrapped up is his business. The mom that has her identity wrapped up in being a mom. The church planner that has his identity wrapped up in being a church planner. It's going to be short-lived. It has to be about identity in Christ, knowing who I am in Christ, and knowing that everything that I, everything that Jesus desires to do through my life, he does out of the overflow of what he's doing in my life. Mm -hmm. So that primary call being to a pursuit of him, intimacy with him, fellowship with him, has got to be, and that's, here's the thing about that, it's a lesson I have to keep learning over and over and over because the natural hard wiring in our flesh, especially because of the fall, is to do something. Mm -hmm. But remember, God didn't create human doings. That's right. He created human beings. So good. He wanted us to be something so that he could do something through us. And so that, that's one of the things that I would say um, has been massive for me is just relearning that over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you hear this phrase, it's a phrase that you said, um, maybe just speak into it just a little bit more because I feel like this has been a driver for you in Hope Church. I'm gonna try my best to impersonate Pastor Vance <laughs> and, and say it. Because um, I say it every week here at Walk Church, I always say, when you give to Walk Church, you give through Walk Church mm. to make a difference. Yeah. And um, you're one of the best preachers I've ever heard preach on the topic of generosity. Mm. I feel like you lean into the subject of money with no like tiptoe, but you do it in such a fresh way. Talk about how that generosity has been a part of the Hope Church story and your guys' story. It's actually one of our values. Uh, one of our values is generous living. Mm. Uh, we live life ready to make a difference in the lives of others. And we use this illustration of generosity. One of the Greek words for generosity is a word that means on your fingertips, to hold loosely. Mm. And it's the idea, typically in the American context, we hold everything like this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But a biblical picture is to hold everything like this, loosely. Wow. Um, and really, if you think about it, while I don't have any problem preaching it, it's two reasons. Number one, generosity is the core message of the gospel. True. True. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. And he didn't like give seconds. He gave his only begotten son. So you are, my mentor Johnny Hunt says, you're never more like Jesus than when you're giving because it's just the heartbeat of the gospel. But the other reason that I'm so passionate about it is because when it comes to talking about generosity, I'm not a paid salesman, I'm a satisfied customer. So I've been living this out for years and learned the principle that you can't outgive God. Right. It's the only place in the Bible where he said, if you don't believe me, you just test me. Mm -hmm. Test me. Yeah. And I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. And so, so at Hope Church, we started early on teaching this thing of generosity and living this out and have literally learned, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great promise that church planners love. The problem is it's a conditional promise wrapped in a kingdom first mentality that the Philippian church was living out. And it's the same thing Jesus said, when you seek first the kingdom, I'll take care of everything else. And we've seen it happen over and over and over. I'll give you a, a very current story. Just this Christmas, middle of COVID, we open our brand new worship center. It's been a 20 year dream that we, to get to this place where we had this facility designed for worship. We open it in the midst of COVID. 
with 20% limitations on what wow. we can even have in the building. But we still decided we wanted to reflect this value of generous living. That thing that you said we say all the time, you, you, you don't give to a church, you give through a church yeah. as an investment in kingdom expansion. So we decided uh, when the first two Sundays, we were going to give away the first $250,000 of offering. Which didn't matter what kind of by the way. what kind of <laughs> offering it was, we were giving away. Because most churches, you open the doors, you're asking for money. We wanted to make a statement to the city, we're giving it away. So the first quarter of a million dollars, we thought it'd take us at least two weeks to give it away. Um, we had the quarter of a million in four days, came in. We gave $250,000 away. Wow. Um, our normal December is always generous, it's always big. We see about the last few years, six to $800,000 in December come in. Wow. We gave away 250,000. Over the next 10 days in December, we received two and a half million dollars wow. in giving from our people. Stop it. Point being, in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of people out of work, we gave away 250,000 and get this, God gave it back literally 10 oh. times over yeah. in 10 days. Now, oh I'm not describing wow. a give to get mentality. What I'm saying is you seek first the kingdom, That's you awesome. can't yeah. outgive God. And I can take you back to stories from the very beginning right. when we gave away one of our very first offerings to a visiting missionary from Africa. And uh, we were living week to week we gave away a $7,000 offering in our, like our second month. I'll, I go to lunch with him after the service. A couple walks over and says, Pastor, we're visiting from out of state. Um, I got so caught up in the emotion, I forgot to give you this. My pastor, our church, sent a check um, that we want to give to your church. And we gave away a $7,000 offering to a missionary, and they hand us a check for $11,000 at lunch an hour and a half later. You, you just can't yeah. outgive so God. That He is faithful. Uh, my favorite church planning verse, faithful is he who calls you, and he will also bring it to pass. Wow. He's not just faithful in the calling, 1 Thessalonians 5.24. He's faithful in the bringing it to pass, and you can trust him. Wow. Awesome. wow. Before we close, yeah. um, you mentioned your podcast, mm. the website, to get, there's, there's a list yeah. of 15 of these. Yeah. It's the, Van, Van, the, the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. It's wherever podcasts are found. You can go on and just... Uh, Find it out, or you can jump on our website, hopechurchlv.com, uh, or you can go to our church app, Hope Church LV app, and you can find information for the podcast there. But it's the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast, and we're gonna have 15 things every church planner needs to know running through these and several more that we talked about. That's awesome because all you know, you know, you just talked about how generous you are. This is a church planning podcast. That's right. So, you know, all these church planners are <laughs> going to start reaching every, out every, to you. Every December. If you're in the mountain yeah. and Pacific time zone, come on. That's right. Come on. We're in. Yes, Love, yes. That. Love, Love that. So, yeah. And because you're old head now. That's right. So, you know, <laughs> so we've established yeah. a couple that's of right. things here. I'm Never. old <laughs> and generous. Right. Old and generous. That's hey, it. Hey, that's a good way to be. Said network Santa Claus. But still see. Sees himself as and a now he says I'm fat. I'm yeah. <laughs> Man, that was that was so good. A lot of a lot of those principles can also be found in your first book that you recently released, Unburdened. Yep. Talking about that relationship with Jesus being the primary, such a great book, book great tool. That you and next have. one comes out in February of next February 2022. Called the Stressless Life. I opened with my own story of in 2013 of my collapse. After 13 years of church planning, I hit a wall, my body shut down. Wow. Um, and I walked through biblical principles of us being able to live in the, in the constant 
unshakable presence of the peace of God. And we don't have to live under the stress that life can bring us. So that comes out next, next February. I'm already looking forward to that. Lord willing, praise God. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in to the We Are Sent Network podcast. It's been a thrill, it's been a joy, it's been a feast to be able to learn from Pastor Vance on these podcasts. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, you can always text the number 888-123. Just text the word Send Network. We'll be following up with you and get you what you need, 888-123. You can also visit the website, wearesendnetwork.com. And again, please hit that subscribe button. Maybe share this in your network of friends and circles. Uh, if you have a question that you'd like for us to maybe speak to, we love to visit those questions and talk about those on the podcast. Have a great day. We are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.